Are you guys excited to go see Civil War? Oh, yes. Be Hell yeah. yeah. America. I'm in the theater. My butt's in a seat. Popcorn's to my left. Drink is to my right. And I'm and I'm sitting there watching. Stuck in the middle with us. <laughs> <laughs> These days, the comic book owns pop culture. Literature, movies, television, even music. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comics life. We're breaking the panel. Welcome to Breaking the Panel, where we cover all the headlines, cool news, stuff that makes you tingle, everything in between that relates to comic books and the comic book world. We love the movies. we got some great stuff to talk about movies today. We love the TV. we got some of that, and then we love the comic books, and we have a lot of great news about comic books today. But I am not alone. I am the Ward Cleaver McFall here, riding this show. Joining us, as always, is the Waller, Wally Cleaver Klotz. What are you? Oh, you're totally the Wally. Shut up and sit down. And then we got the beaver cleaver wisdom. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm a beaver cleaver. Yeah, you're the whiny little brat that everybody has to spoil. And Aww. and then Aww. and then we've got the time traveling Deadpool because Ibit is just Ibit and he has to be Deadpool. Thank <laughs> God it wasn't June. <laughs> <laughs> so we have an email, gentlemen. We have an email. I'm so excited. Yay. If you'd like to send in your emails to the show, it's btp at giantsizeteamup.com. You'll hear that throughout the show. We actually have a new feature. Go to the website, giantsizeteamup.com forward slash breaking the panel. There's a nice little tab there that says leave us a voicemail. You do it through your computer or through any iOS or I'm sorry, any mobile device. It's phone friendly. It's tablet friendly. It records directly off of whatever microphone you have. So leave us a voicemail. We'll get it played in the show. But this one comes from Frank Allen in Australia. Of course, Australia got to see Civil War this week already before mm. we did. So here's his spoiler. He promises it spoiler free <laughs> review. Just waiting. Yeah. So because if it's spoiler, I'm going to fly to Australia and feed him one of those ginormous spiders they have. If this has a spoiler in it. Here he goes. Hey, gang. First things first. Is it worthy of the hype? He's talking about Civil War, of course. Yes. In all caps. If that's all you need to know, then skip the rest. <laughs> The thoughts I offer below are spoiler-free and generic in substance, but if you want to go in with total open mind, look away now. I don't think we have that option anymore in our lives, do we? Because of the shows that we do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's some aspects uh, when when um, somebody was talking. It wasn't Jerry Conway, but it was somebody who was talking about Spider-Man uh, in Civil War, and they were saying, "Oh yeah, he's in it way more than than you'd think he would be." That almost feels like a spoiler to me. But you know what? Yeah. I'll I'll sit through this and. Uh, and I've got my Men in Black 2 uh, eraser pen, mind eraser pen, <laughs> nice. sitting right in front of me. So if I forget where I am, then that just means I've got it set too high. <laughs> that's, that's, that's sad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, wipe you out. Uh, you know, I, I try to avoid uh, a lot of the trailer talk. And, and I watch a trailer one time, and I'll listen to some of like MCU cast. And they will be talking about, oh, I saw this, and you see this in the trailer, and you see that. I'm like... How many times did you watch this thing, and why would you want to know that much detail in it? You know, yeah, it, it's at a point now where if I'm fast forwarding through the commercials on a TV show, yeah, I know people still actually watch TV shows with commercials. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, um, if I see a Civil War trailer come up, I don't stop and go back and watch it. Right. Even though I even though I know there are new ones coming out, I don't want to. I there's I feel like I've I've reached uh, a point where it's like I don't want to know any more about this movie until. 
I'm in the theater, my butt's in a seat, popcorn's to my left, drink is to my right, and I'm and I'm sitting there watching. Stuck in the thing. middle with us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So here he goes. Here's Frank's email. If you'd like, this should take about 30 seconds to read. If you'd like to fast forward, just hit oh, the I'll button. Stay real quick. On, I'll stay on. Not your listeners. I don't care oh, about oh, you. Okay. That's just yeah, Grandpa, you can't fast forward through this. <laughs> I don't want to be spoiled, me. <laughs> With a cast this big, you might think character work is hard to pull off. Wrong. All characters had their chance to shine in both action and emotionally. Hawkeye is perhaps the only one that felt a little thin, but his work on previous movies gave it enough weight to work. Of course, Cap, Bucky, and Iron Man get the lion's share, but no one feels particularly left out. I'm also having genuine trouble deciding who is the better new character, Black Panther or Spider-Man. Both get some decent screen time, T'Challa perhaps a little more, and both play their roles extremely well. Importantly, they are felt they felt organic to the story and not just shoehorned in. Charles, I know you're not a Spidey fan, but this version of the web crawler just might change your mind. I look forward to that. That'd be awesome if that was good like that. For all the powered individuals in this movie, there's a lot more old school stunt work and fisticuffs. Kudos to the stunt doubles for Cat, Bucky, and Widow. They definitely earned their money on this one. Sure, Vision, Wanda, and the rest get to play as well, but the action felt a lot more grounded than it otherwise could have been. The story is nowhere near as convoluted, convoluted as Age of Ultron. Yes, there's a lot of moving parts, but at no point do you ever go, why is this person doing that? Or what was the point of that scene? I've heard some early reports that Zemo as a villain was a little generic. I'm inclined to disagree. No, you don't see a purple ski mask. Well, that's, <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but rather the typical rantings of world domination you might hear from, say, the Red Skull. He portrays a villain fully in control of his thoughts and actions, and you almost feel for him at one point. His role in the narrative is significant. This <laughs> is where he leaves it. The story does deviate from the Civil War comic quite a bit. Well, we already already knew that. If honestly, a little break here. If T'Challa is fighting alongside Iron Man, it broke hard from the comics. That's all I can say about that. But I'm okay with that. I understand this is a different universe, and I'm happy to to walk with it. Mm -hmm. uh, but the core question it asks the movie, the core question the movie asks, are the same. I went in being on. T I went in being on. Uh, I'm going to leave that out. That might be uh, uh, a spoiler there. He went on one team and found himself questioning that choice overall. Wow. Okay. Uh, uh, overall, the movie provides that you can manage a big cast while still having genuinely emotional points. You'll know it when you see it. Character development and humor. <laughs> You're move Warner Brothers. God, really? And again, with no. <laughs> hashtag shots fired is what he puts More here. Yeah. And of course, as any true believer knows, stick around for the mid credits and post credit scene. The last one in particular had me excited for what's to come. Oh, Frank I love, Allen. I love the fact that there's a mid credits and a post credit post -credit. scene. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly, I, I, I never mind. I'm not even going to say that because I really don't want to get on that again. Are you guys excited to go see Civil War? Oh, yes. Be Hell yeah. Of course America. America. So the, <laughs> America. Shields. So er, everybody listening to this, this is going to come out this weekend, which is opening weekend for Civil War. And of course, we're not, we don't have anything to say about it. We haven't seen it yet. But the very next episode of Breaking the Panel will be the Civil War roundtable, which is always spoiler filled and a fun discussion with different views and, and everything going on. So, Definitely tune in next week after you've seen the movie. So go see it. You've got seven days ish. Actually, about ten. You got about ten days to see the movie. So go do that. All right, Punisher spinoff officially ordered at Netflix. There's not a whole lot to talk about here other than it's been officially ordered, and I think we all saw that coming, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I, I was corrected in a recent show about the fact that it, I think Jerry actually corrected me and said that it was only speculated at the time. Right. Yeah, because we thought it had been ordered, but it was speculated. But yeah, was nothing was concrete yet, but it looks like it's it's going through now. So um, up. Yeah. that's super exciting. Um, I, you know, to just to touch back on it, as I've said before, Punisher is not my favorite character, but. John Bernthal did such a good job. The writing was so solid for him. I'm actually yeah. excited to see him get his own series. So um, that's a pretty startling recommendation coming from me, to be honest. What, so, what, good. what did you appreciate most about that that writing and, and his portrayal of the character? I He, he wasn't just a hand-waved psychopath. Like, that's always been kind of my issue with the way he's been written sometimes in the books where he just, like, goes on a tear mm-hmm. and you know, wrecks everybody's face and, you know, no consequences and all that. And I don't like that. Um, this portrayed him as somebody like the, one of my favorite parts about that was, uh, when they tried to defend him in the courtroom with the, uh, PTSD, Mm -hmm. you know, argument and how he shot that down immediately. But he, he validated that experience for other soldiers. He said, you know, there are, there are boys I went to war with that have, those problems and they're legitimate and you know he i'm summing up here but he basically said there are people who do suffer from that stuff but i don't you know i know exactly what i'm doing i'm not doing this because i have no idea what's going on i'm i i'm making a conscious choice um so i really appreciated that about about this version of the punisher that was really good writing really good writing yeah yeah uh all right uh I, you know, John Bernthal, my first real exposure to him was on The Walking Dead, and I liked him in the first, you know, episode or so, or the first part of the episode, because I thought, oh, he's cool, he fits, you know, did this, and, and, you know, then, of course, the way he does Shane, and I, I knew how Shane was in the comics, and I'd read it, so I knew we were going to go down this path, but I was like, oh, he's kind of cool, I like him, and then he really plays it to where you have to hate him. Yeah. And it's like, I really did. So when I heard he's the Punisher, it's like, damn it, Shane. I don't want you. But then, yeah. Back in the I, hell, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, sure enough, I mean, he did. He killed it as the Punisher. He just, he gave heart to that character. And that's what sometimes on, in some of the comic versions, that is exactly what's missing is heart. You know, he, he acts like a killing machine and that's not there has right. to feel like a reason he does what he does. Yeah. Right. And Thomas yes. Jane did that really well. Uh, John Barenthal did it, did it really well too. I think, um, uh, he's man, as much as I love Thomas Jane, John Barenthal just did such a good job portraying it. And I'm, I'm trying to make sure that it's not just because it was the most recent performance of that character I've seen, but it's just such a solid performance. How can uh-huh. you not love the way he he played that role. So seeing a whole um a whole season, a whole Netflix season yeah. uh with him is just going to be great. And I hope it it leads into I know he was uh as far as I know he was never a true member of the Defenders. Is that right? But maybe this will lead to being part of the the proposed uh Defenders uh series that that uh, joins a lot of these guys up. Yeah, that would be pretty slick. So yeah. does that raises a question. Do you think they're not going to bring in Doctor Strange for the Defenders series? I think oh, they're not. I don't no, think I they're don't think so. almost yeah. certainly not. I, I can't see I can't see um Mr. Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch uh yeah. committing to well, you know what? It is Netflix though. So yeah. I would say never say never because I would say he wouldn't commit to the shooting schedule of a network television show. 
So like I don't I couldn't see him committing to like ABC's shooting schedule or any of the DC type schedules. Mm -hmm. But because of the way they do the Netflix shows and how they basically they don't shoot it week to week like they shoot. Right. You know, a a serial television show. They shoot it like a, a prolonged movie almost. So I would say that maybe he could commit to it. And I, I, with his work on Sherlock, and he's actually filming Sherlock season four now, I feel like, I don't know enough in depth to make real comparisons here, but it feels like the way the BBC does their series is very similar to how Netflix shoots its series. So, which is different than US TV, right? I mean, BBC very different. shoots everything at once, they're done, and then it hits the TV you know, months later. Versus what we do is where they shoot, what, four or five episodes, and they're continually shooting while the episodes are airing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is crazy schedule. I, yeah. I feel I feel like they're positioning the defenders to be they're going to leave the Avengers as the big picture guys. This is this is the threat that needs to be dealt with. And the defenders are going to stay at that street level and they're going to be the, the ones that deal with the collateral damage. Yeah, no, that's yeah. So mm-hmm. that's they're going to be they're going to be worried more about the human story right. versus the cosmic the threats. Exactly. going to be in the films. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we're, we're if we follow the projected timetable here we're going to have to start moving the Avengers to thinking more cosmically, like immediately. Yeah. I mean, they've been amping up Thanos for years now and you know what I mean? Like it's, it's time to start looking in that direction. So Mm -hmm. there's going to have to be somebody who picks up the pieces. If you know, earth's greatest heroes go off to fight in space, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, no, I, I agree with Chris's assessment there. Um, and you know, and I think, Probably the right way to play Strange is to play him like he does in the books a lot, where he kind of pops in and out of stories here and there, mm-hmm. yes. and because he's such a such a top level person, you he's know, the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, I mean that's the thing yeah. is he 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 is somebody who is kind of lurking in the shadows and popping out when he's needed and making sure that every plate stays in the air, <laughs> you know. And so I think that's maybe that's the way to play him with the television show as well. If they do defenders, maybe have him come in in a mentor role or at least an advisory role occasionally, a couple episodes a season, and then, you know, continue with him in the films kind of thing. So th- there's a lot yeah. of possibilities there. Mm-hmm. And what I would love to see this weekend is a blip cameo, which is exactly how he was handled in Civil War, the comic series, where Doctor Strange was in four pages at most in that entire 99 book run where he was essentially on a spiritual um, fast until the war was over. Cause a approached him in the astral plane and go, you know, what are you doing? He's, he goes, I don't know which side to win. I don't know which side should win, mm-hmm. but I'm sitting here basically um, uh, mounting the good forces that I can, you know, the good vibes that I can, that everything will work out. Right. I'm going to sit here in the sanctum sanctorium and be Switzerland basically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but but he was doing what he could, which was pushing out positive vibe, you know, their version of positive energy, you know, metaphysical energy mm-hmm. to help smooth out tensions, but without getting directly involved. And you could shoot that scene, and that'd be a one minute scene at most, and it'd be great. It'd be awesome. I'd hmm. love to see that. So it'd be a cool cameo too. Yeah. Uh, the only reason I don't think we'd see anything like that is because he hasn't had his introductory role yet, like yeah. or his film. Yeah. So if these movies had been swip swapped and right now we were getting Doctor Strange, that might happen, but I don't think so. Huh. Um, yeah, I'd be really be. shocked if there's any any cameo involved with that movie at all, to be honest, unless it's in the after credit scenes. But well, yeah, I don't think theoretically it would be Hulk makes a cameo in this thing, or at right. least Bruce Banner. Well, no, I'm I'm talking about Doctor <laughs> Strange. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. I don't think anything yeah, like gotcha. they might hint at them or something, but I don't know that they. We don't know where they're going with that story yet. So. Sometimes, and Marvel's done great with kid gloves and introducing the whole world to the these niche ideas and and growing it into a household name. But sometimes I'm ready for the hammer, man. Just give me a Watu and Doctor Strange and have the rest of the world go. What the hell was that? You know, <laughs> that's what I want right now. Just okay, keep the kid gloves for everything else. You slowly feed us. You're going to introduce Black Panther. I'm sure we're going to get a slight origin story here uh, in this movie. You're introducing um, uh, Spider Man, of course, but everybody knows Spider Man. So Black Panther is really the only new character. Blah, blah blah. You know, hammer it, man. Just go. Bah! Well, and they've got they've got a track record of success when they do use the hammer. Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant Man. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they right. came out swinging and everybody loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They weren't expecting to and they loved it. Yeah. Cool. Well, you know what is going on with Civil War, especially? Everybody has some kind of Civil War tie in, right? You can get aspirin with Civil War on it, you can get <laughs> Q tips. We've talked about this with Star Wars, but you know what you need to get right now? You need to get Loot Crate. Loot Crate is going to have some awesome Civil War stuff this month's theme for loot crate is power and with the release of captain america civil war it's going to be a clash of epic proportions that makes may the perfect time to put up the spotlight on all these characters here's some of the, of the themes that you're going to get in the box of power we've got something for your kitchen a cool figure to go with the monthly tea and t-shirt and pen and it's going to have two marvel items plus warcraft and dragon ball z so if you're a fan of any of those things, you need to go to lootcrate.com forward slash giant size team up. Get your box reserved today. It'll ship after the 19th. You have until the 19th at midnight Eastern or 9 p.m. Pacific to get it or then it's gone. And if you use giant size team up as your code, all one word, giant size team up, you'll save $3 on any new subscription. So go and check that out. It's going to be awesome. I'm going on the record right now and I'm calling the two Marvel items, yellow blouse and a tiara. <laughs> uh, they're not um, doing it for Luke Cage. They're doing it for Civil War. <laughs> hey, that would be Luke Crate. Power right there. <laughs> I'm just super saying you're probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and a chain belt, right? Is that yeah. the third? Would no, they be only the third said item? Two they said two. I items. know, but it would be a third <laughs> item if they had one. Yep. <laughs> Um, you know i've been thinking about this if every once in a while you see some of these geek boxes get a celebrity or somebody to curate it right it's the Mm -hmm. kevin smith collection or whatever right the will wheaton uh quarterlies yeah what would what would we do for a loot crate box if they came to us and say hey you know btp guys you are amazing what what would we curate into this box a Weasley wand. <laughs> just gonna say at least one Weasley item. Uh, I would. I would have to get Funko to make us a special Scarlet Spider bobblehead to put in. Uh. Anyone? Clots, what were yours? I, I'm just seething with anger. Right <laughs> All right. Well, tell us about your mutant film. I thought we had no more mutants. Well, Fox has all the mutants, so. Oh. <laughs> uh, there, there was an article that came out on Collider.com uh, the, about one day ago here that 20th Century Fox is prepping to take a deeper dive into the world of Marvel's X-Men with writer-director Josh Boone's upcoming superhero film X-Men The New Mutants. Uh, so there, there's some speculation about what characters might be available. Uh, you know, New Mutants being a Chris Claremont mm-hmm. um, creation. 
you know, pretty famous at this point, but it was, it was a really big title. Uh, when did it initially come out in the eighties? Yeah. Late eighties, early nineties, right? Yeah. So it's really, it's, you know, it's one of those things that harkens from my era of just getting in, um, those, those late eighties, early nineties books. And, um, there's some pretty cool characters that could be on the docket. Um, so there's some, Let's see here. We're going to go through it's the speculation is looking at like maybe magic magic, probably being the lead, the the main carry character, um, Wolfsbane, Mirage, Cannonball, Sunspot, and perhaps the most interesting of all, Warlock. Huh. Wow. That's like that's like a complete and total CGI character to pull that off. You can't do that with practical effects. It's good to know Andy Circus has work. <laughs> yeah, he, he would have to. He would have to do Warlock, and it's cool that they're going so far back. Because aside from Magic and um, and Warlock, these were the original. This is the original lineup. Like if you threw Karma into the mix, then I think that would be the original five, right? Uh, Cipher. Cipher. No, even Cipher came in later too. Like the original, the original five. I think we're Sunspot, Cannonball, Wolfsbane, Mirage, and Karma. Um, I could be wrong, but Cypher came in. Cypher came in, um, yeah, Doug, well, Doug Locke and Warlock. I think that came in even from uh, the, the X-Men side of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that'd be so cool. It'd be so cool to see this. And of course, these are rumors from uh, Josh Boone, who's the writer-director, from his Instagram, where he's he was posting out shots of, these characters uh, out on the thing. My only real question here is this is all in the same universe. I mean, not movie wise, but writing wise, this is all in the same universe as Marvel. Why are you going to have a character named Adam Warlock, the character named Warlock? That's slightly confusing people. Well, mm. we haven't had Adam happen. Warlock in the, in the movies yet. No. Um, Although we should, just, we really should get him. But we've had, this we've is had his pod. One. What's that? We've had his pod. Right. Yeah. Okay. In Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Yeah. We've and we've had uh, two versions of Angel too. We've had the mm-hmm. the original. Yeah, uh, but he's still one character. He's Angel and Archangel. No. 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 He was Warren Worthington. We had the Warren Worthington Angel in okay. X Men. Um, right. Right. Three, I think. Right. Yeah. Is where we first saw him, and then uh, we had the other Angel, the woman who is, uh, I think, African American woman. Um, I want to say that she was a stripper in X Men First Class. She has the lace wings as opposed to the big. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't that know that version. Scary. I did not. No. I didn't know that version of Angel. She was added, I think, in the Mark Miller uh, period of of uh, X Men in the comics. But we've had two Angel characters. I think. Okay. I think people would be able to understand the difference between Warlock and Adam Warlock for mm-hmm. sure. And Word. that's not even. Wasn't there even like an uh, Avengers? Um, Young Avengers character uh, wasn't isn't he Warlock or am I thinking of somebody else? The uh, oh no, Wiccan. Yeah, Wiccan. 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 Never yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, all right. It's gonna be cool. Right, is this is this the kind of this get your boat going, Clotzi? Oh yeah, totally. I'm super excited to see Cannonball and Sunspot. What they do with them? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This 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 is this is exciting stuff. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see what they do with this. Um, if it holds up to par like you know what i mean right. they, they they've they've there's a hard, high bar to hit right now and now that we're starting to delve into the fringe stuff 
you, you know, you really got to nail it. You know what I mean? So that's my whole thing is uh, they, if they do this well, it'll be great. If they just throw a bunch of these interesting characters into a movie that has no plot, it's going to be horrible. So, you know, mm-hmm. fingers crossed. They've done really well with the reboot of the X-Men and, of course, with Deadpool. Uh, I I hold faith. I, and I, to me, the Fantastic Four doesn't play into what Fox is doing. I think to, I really felt going into it, and this is just preconceived judgment, I know, but I really felt going into Fantastic Four, the reboot and everything, that it was almost a middle finger to Marvel. Like, see, we're going to we're gonna do whatever the hell we want. Screw you guys. Whereas with X-Men, it is all, not always like with the first series. The first series, they made what they thought the audience wanted. But with the first class and then uh, Days of Future Past and now um, the new one coming out, that you really feel a quality, a universe, a mm-hmm. a solidness to those movies, and of course, Deadpool coming in between, you know, Days of Future Past and and now with the new X Men movie, that they they there's the audience is responding is what I'm saying. So I, I hold good faith that they will do really well Dude, with this. Fox, yeah, Fox tends to treat the um the X Men property stuff very well. Uh, they put good writers behind it, with the exception really of. X-Men Last Stand. I mean, the movies have all been pretty good, especially these last batches. Ever since the uh, um, first class, I think the the movies have just gotten better and better. Days of Future Past was really good. Yeah. Um, I'm really, really so looking good. forward to Apocalypse. Um, just one misstep, really. And and we kind of know the director. Two? <laughs> ten, two? two? Which one was the other misstep? Oh, Wolverine. <laughs> first, uh, yeah, right. Um, Origins. Wolverine Origins was good until about three quarters of the way through, and then it went sideways. Well, and I Wolverine thought, Origins was, eh. yeah. Wolverine Origins was okay. at the time. At, well, okay, at the time, this is context. So, at the time, it was the most badass movie that was out there because the no. first one to treat no. him seriously. No. I think <laughs> so. No. I think so. No. Until but, they did Charles, the thing to Deadpool. But Charles does make a good point, and that's something we brought up last week. Um, that we have to look at. We're we're looking at those through that still through that lens of nostalgia. And if we go back and watch X-Men and X2, are those going to stand up as well yeah. as we remember them doing? Right. Well, they oh, probably up, not. No. I think storytelling wise, they do for the most part. It, the big problem is going to be the effects. I mean, thinking to the, the climatic battle at the end of X-Men one, it, it's very late nineties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's rough. And, and there are some really terrible one liners. I mean, the whole storm uh, toad exchange is just, grown worthy but, but even like coming off coming off the heels of deadpool can you watch that movie and and laugh at appreciate sure, no. the yellow i could always laugh at deadpool anymore? yeah no, no i totally i totally spandex. get what you're saying i think what you got to do you know you got to look at it at the time at the time mm-hmm. x-men one was was groundbreaking yes. yeah at the that's time it was released though first origin or uh, uh x-men origins wolverine was not groundbreaking yeah I thought I thought for the character it was because my complaint even then watching the X Men movies was he has claws he's not stabbing anybody or the rare time he stabs somebody there's no blood it's like what 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 the hell man I'll give you that so I I like that they took his character and took it darker and more violent at the time. but yeah, I'll give you that interplay with him and Liev Schreiber was was good, and yeah. Liev Schreiber is yeah. a good is a good casting as uh, as Sabretooth. Anything involving, well, anything involving Deadpool after uh, the intro, the great intro with Ryan Reynolds playing him at the beginning, and and that whole yeah Weapon X group, right? Yes, uh, Maverick and 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 all that. Um, 
There was yeah. so much potential in that movie. There really mm-hmm. was. Yeah. I, I I think that movie takes a sharp turn in the bathroom scene after he breaks out after he gets the adamantium <laughs> yes. well, with his Roger Rabbit claws. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and I wish I would I would have almost changed the Deadpool portion of it and had the experimentations go on on Sabretooth or introduce Apocalypse to to give mm-hmm. me that change from Liev Schreiber to Tyler Maine. Mm-hmm. That happened. Oh, interesting. You know, okay. so that you can show that how he went from this Sabretooth. And then what what you get in that first X-Men movie, because that for me, that was always a pretty jarring thing. Really? Do you think that audiences really needed that, though? I mean, I, I don't know the, that they did. For me, the I, I just thought it was kind of a jarring deal because it's it's it was it wasn't just going from two different actors. It was going from two completely different oh, characters. That's true. That's he true. was a mindless beast, essentially, in X-Men. Yeah, and he right. was not that in in X-Men. Origins. There's a lot more calculating and stuff. Yeah. OK, yeah, he was who he's supposed to be in Origins, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, it, that depends on which saber tooth you're talking to. Mm, yeah, that's the problem. Is there? I mean, there there are parts of the comic history, the continuity, where saber tooth yeah. is a mindless beast. He he's yep. the dog at the end of the leash. Yeah. For, I, okay, yeah, I got you for for whoever's toting him around at the time. So Maybe yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm down. <laughs> 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 All right. So you know, hey, you know what? How can people find out more about free comic books, Chris? Well, they can go to their local comic book store this weekend. Not necessarily, not necessarily their local comic book store if they don't have access to one. Um, I know uh, a lot of uh, bookstores do them. Um, I don't know if you guys have Hastings in your areas. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, mainstream stores do it do it as well. Um, this Saturday, which is going to be May seventh, uh, we're recording this on May fifth. Uh, there's going to be it's 2016's Free Comic Book Day, and for anybody that doesn't know about Free Comic day this thing's been going on what is this 10th year this year sounds about right yeah yeah Yeah. um and every year it's just the the number of titles that comes out gets bigger and bigger and this year it's like 60 plus titles are coming out nice i think that you'll have access to free comics you go to the comic book store and they're going to have them set out on a table and you take your pick and And this is like different rules that they have for how you can get them too. like some places just (laughs) let you pick and grab as many as you want other ones say all right it has to be with a purchase which you should be purchasing to support these local comic yes, shops yeah. absolutely. Please purchase something yes. if you go to yeah. free comic book yeah. day that's yeah. what this is really about exactly yeah. um this this really helps you it, it answers that sheldon question i mean how do you decide what what you're into you can't just answer that question for somebody if they don't know comics mm-hmm. this this is a good opportunity to decide what you're into you get a nice potpourri for free you can go in and even if when you're flipping through is in the comic book store you have a plethora of other things that you can go and start looking at then but I took my, I've taken my son the last two years and he, he loves it. He Very loads cool. up on comics and it's good stuff. Now, I've yeah. heard uh, some complaints. I don't remember which years it were, but like free comic book day, you'd get just the most offbeat, worthless free comics. And it's nice to see that there are sponsors that are providing large comics uh, or decent comics. It says, you know, silver, uh, silver sponsors and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, I mean, that's it's nothing's going to kill this faster than have filthy casuals like myself, you know, come in and go, oh man, I'd love to support your store and I'm going to buy this. And what's the free comic? Well, it's it's this uh, Archer comic. Don't you mean Archie? No, no, this is the one off that they didn't really publish. Archer comics. You know, it has nothing to do with the cartoon. I probably was like, oh, right. man. Um, that, yeah, that'll kill this. What? And what they've done in the past that I've liked sometimes is they'll partner with um, they almost do it like the old Marvel Comics presents where the when you look at the comic book normally 
there's a half of a story that you know. The front half of the comic is is the story of a character um, that you know and is popular, and then you flip the the comic over, and the back half is somebody that's less known. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's a good way so that you can second you can introduce those small mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they've done stuff like that a few times. Um, was it a couple like three four years ago when Marvel did one where it was a just a one shot story where Ultron came back and all the like. All the like of classic Avengers villains had to deal with it. I think uh, it, it was a decent little one shot mm. story. I don't mm. remember if it was from that or if it was another free giveaway at some point for something else. But it, it did come across my desk at one point and I was like, I didn't really know much about Ultron at the time. And so it was like it was really interesting for me. Um, and in hindsight, it was a really funny like. It, they were just playing all the villains off each other and stuff. So there's there's some worth there, um, yeah, depending on which cool. ones you grab. Um, yeah. But yeah, the big thing is get in there, check out your local comic shop. If you're not a regular of your local shop, go you know go give them a chance. Um, give them a chance to earn your business. Uh, throw a couple bucks their way. I mean, buy a book or two, mm-hmm. if nothing else. Um, it, and don't it, it, take five copies of each book. Don't be yeah. that guy. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I have no places that actually restrict you to, to just one or two uh, free comics on com- free comic book day, even yeah, if you buy out stuff. Of, out, so. of the, out of the whole the whole selection. Yeah, I've yeah. So hopefully, of- hopefully, there's generosity going on both sides of mm-hmm. the uh, of the counter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be nice. Yeah. So. Be kind. Rewind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> Way to reference another failing industry or failed industry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you know, comics is not a failed industry. Uh, it is hard to do the brick and mortar stores, I'm sure. But the shops have a tough time. That's what do. this event's really yeah. about. Um, I haven't run a comic shop before, but I have run a game store before, as has been mentioned in the past. And it's tight margins. It's hard work. So, you know, go support your local shop. Uh, give them some love because there a lot of people who do this, who run a shop like this. They're not in it for the money. They're in it to provide that service to their community, to to provide a place where people can go and nerd out and mm-hmm. have a great time. So, cool. yeah, maybe one day have a TV show. <laughs> if, you, if you would like to tell us what your favorite thoughts about free comics are, what your favorite experience is on free comic book day, or maybe you go this week for the first time ever and just had a wonderful experience, share it with us at BTP at giant size team up.com. That's B is in breaking T is in the, and P is in panel BTP at giant size team up.com. We'd love to hear from you. Like we heard from Frank earlier on in the show. And of course you can go to, GiantSizeTeamUp.com forward slash breaking the panel and click on the little tab on the right hand side and just record a message right from your computer or mobile device. So you've got uh, another controversy here, Klotz. What you got? So there's been, okay, so the whitewashing issue keeps coming up. And right now, Doctor Strange is taking some heat over the casting of um, Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One in the upcoming Doctor Strange film later this year. Uh, you know, other, other recent controversy being the Ghost in the Shell movie and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm, right. Um, so the director, Scott Derrickson, weighed in on it, uh, you know, on the controversy. And uh, th- this is his exact quote he wrote on Twitter. Um, Raw anger slash hurt from Asian Americans over Hollywood whitewashing, stereotyping, and erasure of Asians in cinema. I am listening and learning. Um he did make a comment, though, uh, and one of the main reasons I wanted to bring this up. He's taken a lot of heat from prominent Asian Americans in particular. Uh, I know 
Ming-Na had nothing good to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. She was upset. Um, I know that um, George Takei commented on it recently saying something along the lines of, do they think we're stupid? Like referring to Marvel. Uh, The thing is what the director said. I can't, I don't know if he said it on Twitter. If he said it, I think he said it at a speaking engagement. I think he was on a panel somewhere uh, where he basically said the, the issue with the ancient one became it's a Tibetan character and they were trying really hard not to alienate the Chinese audience Right. And cause problems in oh, in China. Interesting. And the reason being is because there's, you know, obviously really longstanding political issues between mainland China, Tibet, and like, you know, Tibet's status as a separate entity, whether they are or not, all that stuff. There, It's a longstanding issue. Yeah. Um, there's a lot involved with it. And so – Basically, what he was hinting at or just saying directly was that if they were to cast a Chinese actor or a Chinese-American actor as a Tibetan, it would cause controversy. Like Mm -hmm. it would be a big deal and vice versa. You know, on one hand, you could offend Tibetans. On the other hand, you could offend the Chinese. And I think he also was saying that if they actually cast anybody as a Tibetan master, that it would alienate the Chinese country well, the government yeah. which would lock the movie out and, and kill sales there well that that's another potential yeah. is you know if you even if you even have a tibetan character you run the risk of you know the chinese government saying you we're not going to show this here and that's you yeah. lose access to a gigantic market i mean you can't overstate how big the asian market is for in, films in in defense of the people people that still oppose that move and, and it's not necessarily defending, just putting all viewpoints out there. Uh, first of all, the director's come back and clarified since then, saying, hey, this wasn't Marvel's reasoning right, for doing it. This right. was my reasoning for doing it. And right. used that, yeah. that, that yeah. reasoning. But um, the, 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 the counter-argument to not wanting to offend the Chinese is Deadpool. Is that, that is. That was banned in that country, and mm. everybody's like, you, you, that's, that is an invalid argument. Well, I, I, successful I, Deadpool. I, that's not an invalid argument. No, it's, it's, not, it's not an invalid not, argument. I'm, and again, right. I'm just putting the viewpoint okay. out yeah. there, but well, it doesn't carry as it, at, at the very least, we can say it doesn't carry as much weight to the box office well, as proven by. Okay. I, it, there's two things here that bother me. Uh, one is I've heard other shows cover this and unfortunately the shows i heard and fortunately they're not any of the shows on the giant size team up network <laughs> they were they were other shows but they were very dismissive oh because it's true that in the comics the the ancient one was a mantle and it was much like mm. quote unquote the dalai lama is you had to find once the dalai lama passes away you had to find the reincarnation and find them and so it could be anybody and that was kind of marvel's one-off take was not getting into the argument, they just said, hey, the Ancient One is a mantle, it reincarnates as anybody, and this reincarnation is a Celtic woman, mm-hmm. is where they went with this movie. Fine. But don't be dismissive. And the people talking about it, wasn't Marvel, wasn't the directors, it was commentators on it. They were just being very dismissive, like, come on, guys, get over it. It's just... I was like, no, 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 no. There's a very real struggle in our society today of, of growing pains. We are growing in awareness of society of people human beings and what matters to people as on an individual level and we're struggling to maintain the balance of making everyone ish happy and making tons of money and really moving forward a cause and, and that's in a good way 
Yes, Asian Americans or Asian Asians. I don't care. I mean, if you're a good actor and you're going to make that role Asian in descent, be it Tibetan, be it whatever you want to make it, cast somebody who is born to fit that role as opposed to you know, whatever, as opposed to changing the role. Fine. Well, but hold on, hold on. I'll get there. Okay. I, I, you got good points. But on the other hand, when you're talking about shutting out a billion person market i mean multi-billion person market yeah Yeah, Uh, yes deadpool did really well do you think the heads of the corporate heads give a crap no they go how much more money could we have made if we'd let this if we'd change this movie to fit it into china you deadpool didn't quite make a billion did it It is right it's about it topped out about 800 million before dvd sales so how much more could it have made had it gone to china so to jump in on the deadpool point we're talking about a widely different film with a widely different audience, though. Deadpool yeah. is an adult, you know, basically at this point, an adult franchise. Right. We, we, right. we accept Geared that. way it, towards the, the right. yeah. yeah, way on the, on the mature end of the spectrum. Doctor Strange is supposed to be something that kids and families and everyone can watch. You know right, what I mean? Right. It, it might be a little more esoteric than the normal Marvel fair, but it's still part of the MCU. It's still part of the main you know, accessible core of their stories. So making a move that eliminates a huge market like that, not just on a financial sense, but in a just a reaching an audience sense, I completely understand why you would want to avoid that. And I really feel like the director here was hitting on something where he showed that he demonstrated that he had some knowledge of the social you know, elements at play in the region and that he was trying to be cognizant of it from the beginning. And I I have a lot of respect for that. I understand why the people like I understand, you know, the stance of people like George Takei and Ming-Na. But they're not they're not forwarding the conversation. That's where I actually take task to George Takei. You come up. Mm -hmm. He is he's got a huge cult following on the Internet. I mean, that's just he is the definition of cult following on the Internet. Right. And Mm -hmm. to have a one liner going, do you think we're stupid? It's like. I understand your offense. I mean, you came up through effing Star Trek where you had to fight tooth and nail just to have your role on TV. I get why this is important to you, but that line doesn't forward the conversation because you have so many facets going into this movie of the geopolitical stuff going on. It's a very aggressive attack. Yeah. Where where one doesn't need to be made. Yeah. Well, and I think, and I'm going to use a name that Paul tends to hate that I use it, but he was actually kind of the voice of voice of reason <laughs> in this whole argument. Max Landis posted a video a couple weeks ago, earlier this week, I think it was late last week. And his, and he, his point was, if you are mad about this and you are mad at the studios or the writers or the directors, you're mad at the wrong people. He said, just look at 15 years ago when you had summer blockbuster movies and you had Jackie Chan and Jet Li competing. Yeah. It led movies yeah. competing. We don't have that anymore. He said, it's not, it's not, it's not that a, a studio or a director is having a problem with, with casting Asians or Asian Americans. It's the problem that nobody has, there's, there's no A-list around anymore. He said, he said, essentially these days, if you're not, um, Oh, Mystique. What's her butt? Jennifer oh, uh, Lawrence. Yeah. That you're probably not going to get that female role. And on the the male side, I think you know Brad Pitt. He said so. That's 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 not just that's not just a problem of the studio. That's a problem of society because the people that keep <laughs> pumping money into those movies are just as just as guilty of saying I don't want an Asian led film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. and if we if we look back on those films, I I loved 
that era. Like I, I love Jet Li movies in particular, but some Especially of the, the Ratner ones. Say it. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, you know, Jackie Chan had a decent run too. I, I, I've watched my fair share of Jackie Chan movies, but I've never really liked them the way that I liked the Jet Li movies. Um, but they, they had a chance. There was a time where there was, and I'm not saying that Asian Americans and Asians in general don't deserve a chance again. I'm saying there was a time where they had a huge chunk of the market where they had a lot of get, you know, they had a lot of people showing up and 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 buying their movies mm-hmm. or renting them and everything i mean there was a period like crouching tiger hidden dragon comes out mm-hmm. and everything is you know wushu movies forever like for months and years yeah, after yeah. that um so it's not as if and those movies were made in asia you know like they were made with you know chinese people and japanese people for the japanese movies um so it's not as though there's been like a brick wall put up that says you can't, you know, make these films and show them. It's just that the the market has shifted, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's see, and this is where it's like, I, we've talked about the issue before. I have an issue with like a quota, you know, where like mm-hmm. just because in there it, so that we could meet, so that we could have our token mm-hmm. Asian person. In this because, uh, you know, when we talked about ghost in the shell, one of the key points about that is that the character even though it's a Japanese story and everything, it's Neo Tokyo and that. And it's like mm-hmm. there's there's Europeans and American like, you know, ethnicities involved in the storyline because there's other characters that are very clearly European. And she's an android, you know, in right. that movie. So it, she can have any body type. You know what I mean? Like period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with the ancient one. The ancient one is a mantle. So I would totally be on board if this was a very like if this was a samurai warrior. And you're like, we're gonna right. cast. Oh, you know, dude, if you remade, yeah, if you remade Yojimbo with Ryan Reynolds, I would, <laughs> I would be in the picket line. You don't mess with my movies, man. That's not right. Cool. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, so. that, and that's the other. What's one of the other things that gets lost in this whole argument is because now, now on the one, on one side of this fence, you you're you're, you have the the whitewashing argument, but on the other side of that fence, an equally valid argument is well we've got another woman taking a, an important role in a movie mm-hmm. and you're yeah. saying it's right. a it's a not it's a no-go and right. didn't they make baron mordo african-american but yes. that's but it, and, and that's being missed be, that they do that because of the white right and you have yeah. to be sensitive when you when you when you use that as a counterpoint because mm-hmm. it's not it's because when you yeah. when you do that when you change when you change but look it we got a black guy right. yeah exactly. no, don't want to phrase it but we right. have a black guy no exactly. my, my whole point <laughs> you're right you're right you're right but my point with that was they looked at a character and went he doesn't have to be white, white. he doesn't have to actually he doesn't have to be a racist stereotype of a chinese faced white guy which yep. is what the original mordo looked like oh, to yeah. me yeah. Totally. so it was like we can make him anything and they cast a great actor to play mm-hmm. in regardless of race in my opinion, and I thought that was a great move, but it, to be honestly, I feel like to be fair, Asian Americans and just Asian actors in general have had a overall tougher time recently. In the it's like okay, so women fought that battle, and now they're getting better roles, right? African Americans oh, fought that battle, and now they're getting better roles. Yeah. Now Asians are like in in a good way, and no offense meant in going. It's our turn. And rightfully so, but there's so much, there also is so much to discuss. It's not just, it's not just about a race. It really isn't. There's so much more to go in that conversation that I don't think, 
I don't think our show's qualified to handle the rest yeah. of that conversation, <laughs> to be honest. Well, yeah. and it, it comes down to representation. And you cannot blame anybody for wanting to see the face that they see in the mirror every yes. morning. They want to see that face on the screen. And, and I get that argument 100%. And mm-hmm. where they don't get to see that represented, that sucks. Yeah. So. But they couldn't have been very happy with the original way the the ancient one was portrayed in the comics because it was a very stereotype. It was. It was yeah. a Nehru jacket. It was the long Fu Manchu mustache. Mm-hmm. And he basically does everything but say, all soul, you yeah, know, when right. he's, when he's yeah. talking to Doctor Strange. So somewhere in the middle ground maybe would have been yes. would have been the way to do it. But um, I mean, yeah, there, there a tough, are couple of good actors right now that are big on screen or you know recognizable on screen that could have done the job mm-hmm. easily i cannot remember his name but he was in uh balls of fury i was gonna uh, say mako would yes, have been the mako. perfect actor for yep. the ancient one yes. but there you go but see now you guys are automatically jumping to male <laughs> male actors well, to put in right. that role. that's so true why i not mean if we're because well, you say, if we're, possibly the best actor of all time <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but that's you bet that, that there's a good you're bringing up a really good point there chris and i think it's the just the fact that we're going solely on what was the comic character like right not you know not what would the what would today's representation of that character be like? But what was all right? What was he? What did he look like in the comics? Boom! All right, let's say Mako. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. What is the modern? What would the modern version of the ancient one be like? I, and it certainly could be a Celtic woman. It could yeah. it could just be somebody representing, like Paul says, the mantle of this 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 role, this character. And, so. and for all we know, maybe this is Marvel's stair step into a female Thor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. So, and I I don't know the actress's name, but the the last decent Wachowski brothers film, which was um, had Tom Hanks in it, is a you're not going to say that uh, uh, Earth. What was that thing called? No, 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 not Jupiter Rising. No, not Jupiter. Uh, Jupiter was it? Jupiter Ascending? No, no, not that. Not that. Before that, it's done before that. Had Tom Hanks. It had Halle Berry. Is is done over eons of time. Yeah, that's the one I thought we were talking. You're like now. Jupiter Ascending is uh, uh, Channing Tatum and. Yeah. This was the and one that had like a bunch of different stories that all took place over yeah. different times, but Holly Berry and Tom Hanks. All right, were so we're not going to argue whether I like the movie, the, the the Asian actress in the future, <laughs> the Asian actress in the future. She would be a great female Asian lead as the ancient one. As all well, did you say? Did you Cloud say Atlas. the Wachowski brothers? Did Cloud, Cloud Atlas. Atlas. That was it. Yes. Cloud Atlas. Yeah. You didn't say Wachowski brothers, right? I did say Wachowski brothers. Did I get that wrong? They're not. Yeah, they're not yeah. brothers anymore. I know, but they were yeah. when they made it. Siblings? No, they yeah. weren't. No, they're, no, no. They're no. just. They're just he Wachowskis was, now. Yeah, Girls Lana. Still. Lana was. I know they uh, changed. But I'm know. sorry. Let's put the politically correct <laughs> freaking tag on the front of this thing <laughs> and understand that I'm a filthy casual with that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Wachowskis wanted to make sure that females are go. getting good director roles. Yeah. <laughs> so they just step above. <laughs> you know, you do what you got to do. We are treading dangerously close yeah. to massively offending a lot of but, people. But I will say, what I do hope, what I do hope with stories like these and the conversations that you and I and all of us have here on the show is that instead of giving you a definitive opinion, that it lets you think about bigger things and that you still have conversations. Because conversations are what change this going forward and not, well, I think it should be this way and I think it should be that way. And, you know, that's and what I hope it, everybody gets. Do it with respect. And yes. when you can interject humor to lighten the mood, do so. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> well said. But but really, like Brian, you hated Cloud Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like Cloud Atlas. Yes, I, I loved it, but that's my kind of thing. Yeah, I loved it too. Yeah. Like I, I liked the concept of it, but the I, I just felt like it was so uneven. Yeah, there were there were there were bits, there were time periods that I thought were really well handled, but there were way more of them that I thought were boring and just. Sure, I kind of. Felt like it was that song, that one part of the thing where they're talking about the song that runs through all of it. I felt like the whole movie was a, a composure. So you had your short bits and your long bits, and not every, not every part of the song is my favorite, but I thought it worked together in the whole. That's Charles uh, has a short bit. <laughs> <laughs> right back on track. Right back on track. Way to bring us back. All right, <laughs> DC, DC Universe Online. It goes live on Xbox One. So Xbox One players can finally channel their inner superhero or supervillain, whether they want to run fast like the Flash, fly like Superman, or wield ice like Captain Cold. We have more than five years worth of content. Yeah, that's how long it took to get the Xbox. Five years worth of content to adventure through in DC Universe Online, said S.J. Mueller, DC UO Creative Director. What's DC Universe DC Online? Universe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, DCU is the only MMO set in the DC Comics universe, and its physics-based combat allows players to really feel like they are part of this action-packed superhero <laughs> world. Now, Glutz, you and Nibbit have played this, and you have a raving review for it, right? Uh, no. I just set you up for what you said before the show. It's, it's hot uh, trash. It, it's raving. It, 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 it's butt. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, no, actually, okay. Here's the real review on DC Universe Online. Um, it was an interesting, logical uh, successor to the uh, City of Heroes right. and City of Villains games in the fact that um, you basically go in, you don't play any of the main characters. You become a new, you make your own highly customizable superhero or villain in the world with all of these other characters. Um, which is pretty cool. And there's the, mentors, right? That are real characters. Recognize yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. The quest hubs and all that kind of stuff. You talk to real characters and stuff. Right. The problem being that it, it's highly customizable. I stress that. Um, I mean, there's a couple of different like templates that you can kind of go off of, but like, you know, you get to poo. Uh, you get to pick the way you move um like for example some characters fly some jump really high some run really fast you know you get to pick all that stuff and you get some other powers and stuff like that too um it's so in that regard for a free game if you want to go spend a few hours really playing around with character creation and then running around an open a fairly open world and and messing about it's a it's fun but for the traditional MMO experience, it's kind of stilted and and rough. Um, you know, it's got quest hubs and quests just like a normal MMO do that are kind of tedious and boring after a while. Um, there is some really cool themed stuff in there, though. Uh, I don't know what holiday it was, but for a while there, they had a Joker's themed uh, loot room, basically, that you would go in for a certain holiday where you could take a portal into it once a day. You could go smash a bunch of things and this other stuff happened and it was all very Jokerish, and it was cool. Um, so there's stuff like that. Like they do one offs and, and holiday stuffs like they uh, at different times that are pretty cool. Um, but, you know, it's it's not what I would consider to be one of the forerunners in the MMO genre. Yeah. It's really just the novelty of being able to say, Hey, I'm doing this, this MMO in, in the DC universe. 
aside from that, unless you are just the biggest DC fan and and anything DC is going to be is going to appeal to you, then this is not. It was not a good gaming experience. I mean, I played it five years ago and um, and never continued. Never went back to it. It was supposed to be the game that brought me into MMOs. I had tried mm. Asheron's Call, and I did stuck with it for like a year, and I just couldn't get that into it. And then my friends tried to get me into World of Warcraft, and I just couldn't get into that. This was it. This was it. Chris, we're going to get you into it. You're going to have DC, Universe Online. It's going to be awesome. I played it for a week, mm-hmm. and I didn't understand why I was still playing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I've always avoided MMOs. I, I I played a little bit of City of Heroes when it first came out. There was another one-off of that kind of superhero genre that didn't do well at all that I played. And then World of Warcraft came out, and I saw I, when I see these things, I see commitment, and I see time sinks, and I see I, I just don't play well with others. I like my solo adventures, so. I am, honestly, just because I love the Super thing and it's free to play. I'm probably going to put on my Xbox player for a week and probably take it <laughs> off just because I, who knows? You might spend more time downloading it than you do playing it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's yeah, huge. Yeah. Man. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But that's, I wish it well. I hope things like this work. It, wow has done such a huge thing for the gaming industry and, and. It's still got such a massive following. Uh, don't you still raid, Ibit? I do, yeah, twice yeah. a week. Uh, it's a juggernaut. I and, mean, you know, I've played Star Wars Online. I might actually, depending on how well uh, Legion, which is the next uh, World of Warcraft expansion, does, I might jump back to Star Wars Online because it's it's um, it's a solid experience as well. I played Rift for quite a while. You know, this is not my... Uh, uh, DC Universe Online wasn't the only non-World of Warcraft um, uh, MMO I ever played, but it, it was one of the roughest to stick with, for sure. And that's yeah. at a time when Galaxies was still around. So Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. If you're looking forward to this, you can now get on your Xbox One. Uh, if you if you listen to all the, the three reviews that are here, you might want to <laughs> find something else to do, like hit a rock with a stick I, I don't know. So, <laughs> but it's completely free to play right i mean free download free month to month there's no that's what I, that's what i read yes is that yeah. it's free to play of course there's always end game purchases and add-ons sure. and whatever but yeah from what i understand you get the basic package of six i, I forget i read the whole thing about a week ago but it's like six uh mentors and a, all these other choices i'm sure to buy customizations or you can buy powers or, you know, who knows what else you, you kind of choose your archetype, uh, based on who you choose as your mentor, basically okay. like, uh, there's like if for the villains, like, um, Lex Luthor is like your technology based one. So your powers are all tech based. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I forget all of the characters that are involved, but like basically like if you're, if your powers are magic powers, you choose the magic character as your mentor and so on and so forth. So, um right. the mystical i should say so yeah. there you go not zaytana <laughs> <laughs> not your magician's assistant character well you know what uh we could use your help much like this game could use your help as i was like patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel your support will help us grow and do amazing things and do better shows and better cool stuff you know, we had Jerry Conway on a couple of weeks ago. We had Alice Stranger on before that. We had Mike Zapsick 
on and of course the four of us come together each week and well four people come together if it <laughs> if it goes off and he's trying to rake up some more interest for the show and busy do, uh, uh, playing stuff. uh dc universe online on those <laughs> <laughs> but the point is we, we bring you some awesome content and awesome thought provoking stuff so if you'd help us out patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel and of course check out giant size team so many amazing shows over there that is our network. You got Breaking the Panel, DC on Screen, MCU Cast, and so much more. Go check out everything at GiantSizeTeamUp.com. It's amazing. Speaking of amazing, I came across this headline in the I made the the necessary mistake of setting up about a dozen Google alerts on various words, you know, Marvel, DC, Arrow, Flash, you know, different things, Star Wars. That would be interesting to the show. So we can get new headlines. And the mistake is, you know, it comes once a day and there's just so many headlines to dig through. Most of them, half of them are clickbait. You know, other things are just too narrowed down. And we're not going to tell you what happened on this week's episode of Arrow. If you want that, you go to DC on screen. You know, we just want the big overview stuff. And this headline made it worth it all to me because I'm very interested in this. West Sacramento teen wins National Marvel STEM Challenge. For those of you who don't know what STEM is, it's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, which is what makes the world go round. And yet it gets dropped many, many times in schools just in general, and especially for girls. Girls are so shut out of this that it's not even funny. And lots of big groups now, including Marvel, are starting to see the need of female encouragement in the area of STEM and the changes that it can bring to the world in general. And in March... Marvel Studios launched a nationwide competition calling for young girls grades 10th through 12th to submit science, technology, engineering, or mathematics projects they believe would change the world. Maya Dua, who is 16, of West Sacramento, was a grand prize winner out of more than 1,000 girls who submitted. Uh, she, and it goes on to describe her. She's also on the men's varsity wrestling team in her school, which is very progressive. Oh, wow. And the only woman in her, in her advanced robotics class, she ended up the short version. You can click. We'll have the link in the notes. There's a nice there's actually a really good news story that runs uh, automatically if you click the link. And of course, you can read it as well. But it, it interviews her. She's very well spoken. She loves Marvel stuff. And she was in this robotics class. Here's the thing. They announced it in March. They gave everybody like two months to do this project. She found out about it four days before the deadline. <laughs> and in four days that she'd already obviously been working on robots and stuff. She, her winning project was a seeing eye robot, which according to the story, a seeing eye dog for blind people would run about three to $5,000 to get a seeing eye dog, a companion. Whereas her robot can be made for $600. Oh, wow. Which is a huge, huge difference. Uh, she was uh, one of five finalists that got to go out. And this is where I get jealous of smart people. You one of five, fin all five finalists got to go out and present their projects in person to the board. But they also got to go to the red carpet premiere of Civil War mm. and meet all of the stars and hang out with all of the, the Marvel people backstage. And, oh, my God. It's like you all you, you deserve it. You're super smart, <laughs> but God, I wish you were my daughter so I could have gone. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but uh, that that was really, really cool. And I just wanted to put that out. Uh, of course, you guys can comment on it, but that story just was awesome. That is me. really cool. Yeah. Uh, Marvel. And again, in, in I, I, social change here and social change, Marvel's top directors, which I think some people not 
that they don't have the talent. But you know, when you start saying this guy's top, and Marvel has a lot of directors, there might start <laughs> you might start a fight here. There's there's sometimes air quotes that goes yeah. on. Is what you're saying, you <laughs> yeah, say Marvel's top directors. Uh, but this is a headline from the Huffington Post: Marvel's top directors want LGBT superheroes to save the day. And oddly enough, the picture that goes with it is. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans, very close, talking kind of comfortably, <laughs> uh, which is just a good photo that he's like, yeah, that's not the right headline to put with that. But LGBT, for those you don't know, is lesbian, gay, bi, and transsexual. And the, the really the bones of this is Marvel has solidified its status as the most successful franchise in history. It's time for its films to reflect the diversity of the fans who pay to see them. The company has all the company has already taken steps to shake up its standard superhero mix with projects like Black Panther and Captain Marvel, which, you know, Captain Marvel is going to be played by Chris Hemsworth. Just, you know, because we're whitewashing it to say uh, <laughs> slated to be released in the next couple of years. There have been little mention of the inclusion of LGBT characters until now. So Joe and Anthony Russo, I'm going to read the two quotes and then we'll discuss. Uh, Joe and Anthony Russo gave these quotes uh, to Collider. I think the changes are strong. The chances. I think the chances are strong. I mean, it's incumbent upon us as storytellers who are making mass appeal movies to make mass appeal movies and to diversify as much as possible. It's sad in the way that Hollywood lags behind other industries so significantly. One, because you think that'd be a progressive industry. And two, it's such a visible industry. So I think it's important that on all fronts, we keep pushing for diversification because then the storytelling becomes more interesting, more rich and more truthful. And I feel like that falls into exactly what Chris summed up earlier, which was everybody wants to see the face that they see in the mirror on the screen all the time. Uh, or, you know, not every character be them, but you know what I'm saying. It's, it's, right. We want to identify with characters. And the other quote is, I think this is a philosophy of Marvel. In success, it becomes easier to take risks. There's a lot of unconventional ideas in Civil War in terms of what people's expectations of a superhero movie are. But I think we're able to do that because Winter Soldier worked and Marvel's been working in general. So there's more of a boldness in terms of what you can try, where you can go. So I think it's very helpful for all of us moving forward that bolder and bolder choices can be made. And then just as a side note, uh, <laughs> somebody has uh, fans of Ryan Reynolds has wanted his character Deadpool to take up a male lover in the sequel to the smash hit. And Ryan <laughs> Reynolds is quoted as saying, I certainly wouldn't be the guy standing in the way of that. That would be great. <laughs> so, and there's a nice Ryan Reynolds gif. Yeah, doing nice. that. And, 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 and die I didn't in a fire. <laughs> die. Just die already. Uh, I hate you. <laughs> Go to my room. Now, to be clear, Clodge, you hate the word Jeff and not yes. that we're talking about including LGBT characters in films. It's GIF. It's graphic interchange format. It's a hard G. I, I saw a great thing that Choosy made me Choosy moms choose GIF. I actually didn't. You but share this, no, uh, Clodge? Nothing about GIF, my friend. I think, Clodge, you shared this on my Facebook. A Choosy moms choose dot PNG. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so what do you guys think about adding LGBT characters or even changing some characters to fit that role? Not already established ones in the movies, but in the comics. Well, I mean, if, when you think about uh, current comic characters that are lesbian, gay, transgender, et cetera, I mean, you think of um, North Star and the X in the in Alpha Flight, you think of, 
Uh, Long shot now, Shatterstar. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think of more. I mean, you know, when we're looking at characters that are going to be coming out soon in movies, no pun intended. <laughs> um, nice. There'd be no reason that Captain Marvel couldn't be lesbian, right? That yeah. Carol Danvers couldn't be lesbian. Correct. Um, are we doing, are we pandering when we do stuff like that? I mean, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Is it, is it tokenism when we say, well, we need to have a gay character. Let's make that character gay. Um, I think it's hard to do an internal and be able to project something that's internal without, (laughs) without, and and being, being genuine about it is the problem. Mm -hmm. Cause then it does come across like pandering. Right. Um, I mean, that's not something that's on the surface that you can look at somebody and say, you're gay or you're straight with, Right. Now, if they make it yeah. relevant to the character, mm-hmm. which they should do, right? I mean, they shouldn't just say, all right, it, um, well, <laughs> I say that, but now thinking about it, is that pandering? Is that by, you know, saying, all right, we're going to make Carol Danvers gay and we're going to go, you know, we're going to talk about the struggles that she had being a lesbian and being a pilot, you know, and before she got her powers and stuff. Is that pandering to say, okay, we're going to make her gay and we're going to like create this backstory? Or is it being, or is it saying, this is what would be true to that character if that character if that happened, yeah, right, absolutely. right, and, and you know when you're talking about just the cinematic universe, not even the tied together ones. I'm just talking about superhero films that have hit the big screen, mm-hmm. and in the entirety of those films, maybe we can come up with one character who's gay. I don't think it's pandering to throw any solid character in at this point in mm-hmm. juncture in history, right? Uh, the, and say, and exactly the way you're handling it. You let's make it true to what if her character was this. Thinking now and the characters we have, yes, we know in the comics, Scarlet Witch marries Vision, and that's a whole thing in the comics. Mm-hmm. But watching this film, I'm not sure if they're ever going to go that route. And just the way she plays Scarlet Witch, it could go either way for me. It would not be a surprise if they came mm-hmm. out and goes, she goes, somehow it just comes up and goes, yeah, I'm lesbian. Oh, okay, that that's no surprise, sure. Mm-hmm. And she comes out in love with some other guy. Okay, that's no surprise, sure. I think it could easily be fit to Scarlet Witch right now in the films. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Rhodey, Rhodey could be gay. There's no reason. Yeah. You know, th- th- there's no story based. Tony Stark could so be. I mean, he's the most overcompensating mf in the world. Tony Stark totally could be in the closet. I'm just saying. I lost you guys on that one, but I had somebody out there somewhere with me. Like they've been playing him up as a big womanizer. It would be quite a uh, a jolt. To, it's just to it, overcompensation. <laughs> but I would, you know, in a similar vein, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he was bi. Yeah. Well, that's true. Um, yeah. I was gonna say because now that's what they'll do in Iron Man Four. That'll be the lead in is the tabloid <laughs> is about how he just pays the women to be with him for the night, but doesn't do anything. Right. Uh, Pepper Potts, Iron Man's beard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, but in all, <laughs> in, in all seriousness. Supernatural. I'm a huge fan of Supernatural. It's it's fun show. It's it's cheesy, but I love it. They actually handled it very very well in the latest episode. Uh, of course, uh, the two brothers are there, and it's a very male driven show. And they've had episodes with women hunters, and it's very difficult for them, and so on and so forth. Well, they come across another set of hunters in this situation, and we knew seeing things go on, we knew what was going to happen. And sure enough, they were a gay couple. But it's, it was play. It was acted very well. You couldn't tell just by looking at them. And they actually played that moment with the two brothers going, oh. But they said, you are you like uh, us brothers. And they kind of went, they went, well, no, it's kind of like uh, old married couple. And you see the realization come over their faces. And the way that the question that comes out of his mouth was, wow, 
what's it like settling down with a hunter? I'm like, that was brilliant. You just threw it out there. You, you let them just take it in stride. You didn't make a big deal out of it. And it was handled and it moved on. And it was about a relationship and not necessarily about sexuality. And I thought that was well done. And I would love to see more of that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It, yeah, it doesn't need to be done where that be that um, that identity becomes a major facet of the character. Um, J.K. Rowling came out and said that uh, Dumbledore was gay. You know, mm-hmm. a few a few months after the last movie and the last book had had come out, which and, was kind of pointless because that never was in the book or the movies. Like well, to an extent thing, that matter. Does, does it have to be a point? Right? I mean, does right. it have to? What? No, that felt like pandering to me. Because there's like it didn't affect the story. Why'd you bring it out now that everything's done? Well, but well, if it, it, how often does it affect the story when the character is straight? In no, the I, I, no, I get that. I guess I'm yeah. just saying pandering versus handled well. I don't know. You yes. can, you guys care. It, it all depends on timing. If uh, if when J.K. Rowling was developing the character, she envisioned him as as being gay. That's one thing. If after the fact she realized, oh, I don't have any gay characters at Hogwarts, and said, well, I'll make Dumbledore gay. That's pandering. So it really all depends on how how that character, whether it's a character that is adapted for the movies and you're adapting him and saying, you know, all right, this character's gay. It's not going to come up. We're not going to see them in bed with another same sex character, but this character's gay. And this is how I can envision them. If you go too far down that direction, then it's not just pandering. It could be a stereotype. All right. Yeah. Rhodey's gay. He's now uh, a hairdresser when he's not working for the government. (laughs) Right. It's a pink war machine. (laughs) (laughs) That would be horrible. That's the thing. How do you, you know, if you do decide, well, all right, we decided that Grody was gay even before, uh, back when Terrence, um, Howard, uh, Howard, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now that's the Rodeo one. That's some whitewashing right there. Oh my God. That's, uh, oh. yeah. When Terrence, when Terrence Howard originally played the character, they said, well, he's gay, but there's no real overt meaning. We, we intended that character to be gay. That's that's great, and it's a way of doing it where they're not yeah. saying, "Well, he's gay," because in one scene we have him kissing a guy. You know, that's yeah. being stereotyped. Yeah, no, it'd be, being... it'd be per- you're right. It'd be perfectly handled because you could go back and watch the movies and see clues that because everything is in your mind, right? So you could see mm-hmm. clues, and it'd be handled with, with Tony going, "What?" and and Rody going, "Why did you think I never brought a date to your functions?" Yeah. You know, just something right. simple like you missed it, Tony, which would be the audience going, you missed it audience, you know, yeah. and just smoothing right back. That'd be, you're right. That would, God, but, I mean, there's so many good ways to handle this. The, 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 the flip side of that though, is when you, me as a, as a movie watcher, I'm not necessarily invested in the romantic drama portion of a story in, in any facet. Uh, so you don't watch, to me, you don't I don't watch arrow. <laughs> I do, and it annoys the crap out of me. Oh yeah, so I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if it's a, a gay, straight, or bisexual relationship. To me, it doesn't matter. If for me, it, I would like everybody to just be like, okay, it's there, but we don't really talk about it. It doesn't matter to me as the story, unless you know it's coming at, at a, after a loved one. Then of course, however yeah. that relationship is is defined. But what you with what you see then is then if we do that from. From the get-go, if we have, if we say they can be gay and it doesn't matter to the story, so it just needs to be a throwaway comment in a movie, then they look at it as like, "Where's my friggin' Sleepless in Seattle?" For decades, I've been watching the the heterosexual relationship in film gain traction and be be espoused as normal. Yet when you finally give me a piece of the pie, it's a uh, well, I never brought a date. Why do you think that is? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
from what you said, I got the inspiration of too. What if they handled it along the lines of the Hawkeye speech in Age of Ultron, where he says, "If you walk out that door, you're an Avenger." Blah blah blah. Where somebody's kind of struggling with, I don't know, you know, I'm dealing with this thing being gay, and somebody like Hawkeye says, "Who gives a crap? Get out there and kick some ass." Well, I thought maybe you were going to say they were standing outside the Blue Oyster Club. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Blue Oyster good. Club. Great reference. I love it. That's awesome. I think that, I think that when you do that, unless it's Unless it's relevant, unless that's how it'd be in real life, it's not important. We don't need, yeah. you know, Rhodey being gay. Great, doesn't sure. matter. You know, if 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 they do a scene where um, you have to bring a plus one to a, a an event and Rhodey brings a guy and and nothing's said about that, even better because yeah. you would assume yes. that the relationship that he and Tony would have, Tony would already know that. You wouldn't have to say, "Why didn't you? Why do you think I never brought a date?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's making it so that it's not, hey, look what we're doing, but also mm-hmm. not, oh no, we don't have any gay characters. It's Correct. it's that middle ground where, you know, when when movies and directors start treating it as matter of fact, mm-hmm. is oh well, yeah, he's gay, but when was when would it be relevant to show that in the movie? Mm-hmm. That's the point at which it'll become matter of fact in real life, and you won't have separationism and 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 yeah. all these things that happen with you know, with real life and the news and media and, and all that. Yeah. Oh, well, Lady, Lady Thor still can't use the bathroom in North Carolina. But, you know, <laughs> that's, that's neither here nor there. Neither uh, of them? <laughs> <laughs> nope, neither of them. She has to go all the way back to Asgard. Yeah. <laughs> the Rainbow Road has a little more yellow in it because she didn't quite make it. a little slipper. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last headline here. Citing piracy fears... <laughs> Fox cancels Comic-Con panels. So last year, and we actually started our show, uh, this show, Breaking the Panel, shortly after Comic-Con last year. And I remember one of the first things we talked about was they still, at that point, had not released the trailer for, uh, what movie was it? Uh, That's right, yeah. They they weren't giving us a trailer. We'd seen the, the, uh, maybe it was X-Men, uh, but they, no, I think it was Deadpool, wasn't it? it? Was like the Deadpool trailer was like leaked both, online, and they both were, of them were both were uh, Deadpool and the X Men trailer were leaked online. Yeah, and right. we took this stance. Uh, you said it physically, but we all agree with you that <laughs> I'm avoiding those pirated ones because I want to see the actual polish. And I remember in the first episode, say, "Give me my effing trailer," except I didn't say effing. You're like, "Well, that answers if we're cussing or not on the show." I was so frustrated. It's like it's been months. Right. It's been months. It's in July. Maybe it's been about a month. But Comic-Con's in July. And now Fox, because they fear that people are going to pirate it, aren't going to show Diddly Squat. And it's like, why are you being such babies? It's the complete wrong direction. Instead of saying, well, it's going to get leaked, so we're not going to show it. No, how about instead of that, release it an hour after you show it at Comic-Con. Let mm-hmm. the people at Comic-Con have it first. Yeah. But but release it in a short enough time that the, that the people in Comic-Con won't feel like, ooh, if I get this online, I'm going to get so many millions and billions of views because they'll, they're going to get to see something they won't get to see for a week. Right. You know, if it's a couple hours, like, oh, well, I can put it up, but people aren't going to care about seeing the shaky cam version. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. exactly what we said last year. You Do you think, seriously, do you think attendance is going to drop the Comic-Con this year because you canceled your panel? No. no. no definitely not. No. People are just going to poo-poo on you. And there's even a new quote-unquote venue for this because um, YouTube, or not YouTube, I can't remember who it is. They've got a new... Um, 
a new network, so to speak, called Red. Full Screen. Oh, okay, that, yeah, sorry. That is going to have, well, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the YouTube Red, where you've got all these major YouTube players for four ninety nine a month, you get exclusive content. Um, Comic-Con is going to be working with Full Screen, and it's kind of like what we were talking about last year, this wish list we had of like, if there was a way we could pay for a digital pass to Comic-Con, mm-hmm. where we'd get to attend and see the panels we wanted to see, et cetera. Mm-hmm. This is kind of what Full Screen is going to be doing. And for Fox to be to be vigilant or not vigilant, but um, take my ball and go home <laughs> yeah. about this. They, they could have just embraced this and said, fantastic. We're going to show this to full screen viewers who are paying $4.99. We're going to get a cut of that, whatever. And, and we're going to get the attention and the hype for the, the properties that we want to promote. Yep. They're, they're just doing this completely. Yep. Well, and it's well, weird too. Cause yep. you know what? Now I, I think it was the BVS trailer because Deadpool, when it happened with Deadpool, they fired back within 24 hours showing the high def version of that preview. Cause that was the first, that was one of the first times that I remember Deadpool coming out and be like, yeah, that's right. We're here. Okay. Cause that, that it was, that was a comic con that quick online. And I want to say within 24 hours, they had posted the high def version. Well, I remember there was a thing with Marvel where they did, where they said shield released or uh, Hydra released it early. <laughs> Which one was that? Cause that wasn't Deadpool though. That no, was that. that had been, was it had to be Ant-Man. Either Age of Ultron or Ant-Man. Well, Those are the last two films. Is what I was thinking. Oh, Age of Ultron would be more likely. Yeah. Now, a source told The Wrap, which is where we got the reference of the article. Actually, the article itself is on GameSpot, but The Wrap was doing the interview. Uh, that Disney was also considering canceling its Hall H. Hall H is a massive venue that they show these things in, event this year. But a Disney representative denied the claim, but has not yet announced plans for Comic-Con. Uh, so th- that's what I'm curious to see. Is Disney going to take the same stance? And then, if they take the same stance and say Warner Brothers takes the same stance... That's going to change the game. And what what is that going to change to? I don't know. I think it's going to be something negative. I don't think Disney's all that scared, to be honest. I mean, I, I think Disney's like, yeah, whatever. We're Disney. I'm going to jump in here sure. and say that I think we're experiencing a change in the way these big companies look at big conventions like this. Um, E3 is coming up here very soon, mm-hmm. the gaming one. Um, EA Activision. You know, wow, Blizzard, mm-hmm. all them. They've pulled out of E3, last I knew. Um, right. So did a number of, other, I believe, a number of other um, large studios have pulled out. And so we're starting to see this trend kind of across the board that the, the biggest players are pulling out of these events. So I almost wonder if they're deciding that these are not significant enough, you know, in promotional capacity to be right. worth the the effort and, and the cost. Or something else is just going on. Like something's going on behind the scenes that we all don't know about. Um, but citing this, that's that's to I'm gonna swear bullshit. Mm. <laughs> it, worrying about piracy, right. that's crazy. Yeah, all that does is generate buzz. Yep. I mean, unless your unless your film is garbage. I mean, if it's a Fantastic Four situation where this Assassin's Creed looks bad, why would you not want it out there? Even as shaky cam footage. It's going to build hype. People are going to get excited, especially if it looks cool. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that hurt the Warcraft movie is when some shaky cam footage got out at one point. It looked pretty bad because it was mm-hmm. one of those early ones, it's, which is why they didn't want to show the BlizzCon, the first BlizzCon preview live. They didn't want to show right. it on, on the broadcast and they didn't want to show it online because the movie wasn't done yet. It, to be fair, they really shouldn't have shown it to the BlizzCon Yeah, people. that's what I was and, about to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the problem is that they're, they're trying to build up these exclusive experiences, but like, that's dumb. Like in the grain that we talked about this before, like you said, that's dumb. You're going to excite what a couple hundred people. Woo. We're super excited. What are they going to do? At well, best, they're be going to go. Doesn't hall H hold like 4,000 people. Right. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not well, trying to sell 4,000 tickets. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and the studios do it themselves, though, because it just earlier this week, Brian Singer came out and said that it was a misstep to release that that early image of Apocalypse without he knew it was pink. He could see it was pink before it was done. And it set off that firestorm. And he said that he should have removed the pink from the photo. Somebody should have done it. And he himself should have had that pink removed before that before they re, they let that that image go. But the buzz that was generated about that thing, like whether you hated that 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 yeah, look of that apocalypse thing. or not you mm-hmm. you were still talking about it mm-hmm. you were still retweeting that image yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but were you yeah. more likely to not see the movie though no because it was released what a year before the movie came yeah. out so yeah right so you had time to reform yeah. a new opinion about it and- if you had a week you had a time to reform a new opinion right mm-hmm. i'm saying internet moves I mean, so fast yeah, and the other thing yeah. is like you know every situation is unique um for example with the apocalypse film that film, I think, is going to gain some momentum off the fact that it's uh, Oscar Isaac playing Apocalypse right. coming off of his role as Poe in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. He's got some buzz right now, you know, mm-hmm. after the film that we don't talk about anymore and the Star Wars <laughs> film. Um, you know, he's definitely I mean, he's done some other really fantastic work. He's starting to move up the list. People are starting to pay attention to what this guy's doing. So I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be like, you know, let's go see what kind of performance this guy puts in because it's going to be such a wildly different performance, you know. Um, and there's I mean, there's tons of other re- draws to this X-Men film. You know, the people that are casting it, the, fa- the people who are enjoying the franchise itself. Um, Olivia Munn's a big pull for a certain set of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just like. <laughs> McFall, you never disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> She's brilliant. She's a, brilliant and you beautiful. A thirteen-year-old on uh, on this yeah. show, he wouldn't be able to snag those as quickly as you. <laughs> <laughs> you're I welcome. Think ultimately, if if your product is solid, you should be standing by it, and you should want to show the world. If your product's not solid, you shouldn't show anybody until it's ready. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's what they're doing here. And they're, you know, they're just saying the piracy angle. I'm also kind of tired of Hollywood hyping on the piracy thing. They still make plenty of money. I mean, mm-hmm. at least on this kind of stuff. Now, if you're talking about your indie film that somebody's trying to get out there. Uh, yeah, sorry. You know, piracy destroys films like that. Yeah. Right. Um, but when you're talking about something huge like this, like some trailers getting pirated. No, that's not going to hurt the movie. That's probably going to put asses in seats for you. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, no, there's something going on here that we don't know about. I'd like to see it all unfold as the future goes on, because I'm really curious in the gaming circles, too, why they're pulling out of these big marquee events. I mean, these are huge promotional opportunities. I watched the co- coverage for E3 last year, and people were, like, blown away by some of the reveals, even though they had, like, next to nothing to show. The Final Fantasy VII Remake trailer mm-hmm. was brief, didn't show any gameplay at all. And people were falling out of their chairs. You know what I mean? Literally, like people who were doing coverage were yeah. screaming and falling out of chairs. When when they announced the Legend of Zelda return uh, what, a couple of years ago, grown men were crying in their seats. And they just played the music. That's it. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any trailers. Grown <laughs> men were weeping in their seats. <laughs> 
So these are huge promotional opportunities. So I don't know what's going on, why people are backing out on them, why, why these companies are backing out on them. Yeah. I'd like to see. I almost wonder, it's got to be like a cost benefit thing. It's got to be somebody, some bean counter somewhere is like, we spent a lot of money to do this. You really don't need to. Um, yeah. But well, I could be wrong. Well, there was an article in Game Informer two years ago, I want to say. It's a little while back. It's when E3 was hitting its rock bottom. And they did an article on it, and a lot of it had to do with the politics inside of E3 and how it worked and how overcharged some of these companies are. Mm -hmm. And they found it to be a hell of a lot easier just to have their own announcements and press conferences across the street from E3 or a week later or a week yep. before. And that's and, what a lot of them are doing. Is yeah. They're they're booking the venue across the street and they're holding their, you know, right. a smaller, more contained event over there. So, so yeah. all that being said, I have got to get out of here. So we've got, <laughs> I, we could go on forever. Uh, sure. Quitter. <laughs> yeah. I want to say though, subscribe to us in iTunes, find us on the giant size team up.com and giant size team up network is amazing. You will love it. Or you know what? We'll give your money back because you don't pay for it. It's free. Patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel is how you can support us and help us out. And then, and then you hit them up for money. And then I hit them yeah. up for money. <laughs> <laughs> so for Ibit, for Klotz, Chris, and myself, as Olivia Munn says in the newsroom, I make nerds look good. <laughs> breaking the panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at Giant Size Team Up dot com.